Welcome to the first episode of Around the Red. I am your host, Max Coglin, and on today's episode, the very first episode, I have Jacob Padilla, Hale Varsity staff writer, a Husker know-it-all, I would like to say, who you're also the host of Nebraska Shoot-Around, which is exactly what we're talking about today. Yeah, Nebraska basketball. Uh, it's been an up-and-down season, but... Uh yeah, there's a lot to talk about, so thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're to really get into it first, looking at the current state of Nebraska basketball. 12 and 14, you, you look at the Big Ten, they're 5 and 10, but then you also look at Fred Hoiberg. This is by far the best year he's had at Nebraska. Oh, for sure. I mean, just look at the win total. It's 7-7-10, seven, seven, uh, already at 12 with a, a handful of games here left in the regular season, and they've had to battle through some serious adversity to get here. So it looked like they were going to cruise, uh, like to easily topping the 10 wins that they set last year. Then they lost two starters, and it was a struggle early on, but they've managed to uh, secure some, some big wins since then as they've kind of had to reconfigure things on the fly. So you look at the injuries, and I think the defensive side of the ball has really taken the biggest toll. You look at Juwan Gary and Emmanuel Bandemil, those are by far the best two defensive players on the team, and they go out with an injury, and then you have players that have to step up, like Wilhelm Breedenbach, who has by far has done a great job down low. Yeah, and they've had to, they've tried a few different things um, where they're playing a lot more zone, like you mentioned. Uh, Bandamel was kind of their the guy that took on lead ball handlers, and then Gary is kind of your wing defender, guards fours, threes, whoever you need him to. Uh, and they, they played a big role in how they had success. They were a top uh, top forty defensive team and adjusted uh, defensive efficiency on Kempom uh, when those guys went down. Since then, they've kind of fallen. They're, they're sitting at fifty nine right now. Um, so they they've been falling defensively, but they kind of got it back with that win against Wisconsin. But they've had to do it differently. They've, they've tried uh, various zones. Um, they've, they've tried different lineups. They've gone small. They've gone big. Uh, Blaze Keita coming in after dealing with the, the high ankle sprain. He was the driving factor behind the, the, the comeback against Wisconsin. His, his individual defense on the back line allowed them to stay home more often uh, as opposed to having to double the post every single time. He guarded that one-on-one. And they didn't give up the same amount of open, easy catch-and-shoot threes in the second half. So... Um, they, they've kind of had to uh, scramble here a bit, losing those guys, but um, ho- hopefully uh, that, that Wisconsin game kind of leads to some su- success down the stretch here. And so you look, you talk about that Wisconsin game and really the last three games, and I think the biggest player that stands out in those last three games is by far Keisei Tominaga, yeah. and he is personally my favorite on that team right now. Maybe even, I'll go a little bit of Sam Hoiberg just because of the story <laughs> he brings in to Nebraska, but you look at Keisei Tominaga and it's just like, man, he can play, and there's and what I think is funny about Casey is that a lot of these teams who look at him, they they go into the game thinking, you know, he can't really play. You you look at him behind behind the arc, and that's where he can play. But then you look at him down low, they're like, he he can't he can't drive in, he can't draw the foul. But then he does exactly that. He can shoot from the three ball. He can drive in, draw a foul. He can he can make the contested layup. So he is by far that all around player for Nebraska right now. And that's he yeah uh, he definitely has made a huge leap from last year. It's, it's tough for guys uh, transitioning from JUCO to high major Division one basketball. And he struggled. He had some, saw some, saw some signs of kind of the shooting ability and uh, what he could do, but there wasn't even anything close to consistency with that. And uh, he hurt you defensively and just wasn't quite ready to, to play the role they need him to. And first half of this season, he had some highs, he had some lows, he was uh, playing big minutes and he was towards the back end of the rotation. But over the last, uh, he scored double figures in eight of his last nine. Um, he scored... Was it uh, 
almost 60 or almost uh, uh, almost 80 points in his last three games. He had a 30-point game against Penn State, um, 22 led him against Wisconsin, most of that, I think, 17 in the second half in overtime. And it really is kind of the evolution of his game, his ability to read defenses, understand how they're defending him, and then make the right play. He's become such a good back cutter when teams really crowd him. Uh, you turn your head on him, and he's cut into the basket immediately. Derek Walker is such a good passer. They've got great chemistry. He finds him every single time. And now we are starting to see him with the, with the threes falling, with getting those cuts to the rim. Now his confidence has grown. He's feeling comfortable taking the ball off the dribble. First uh, bucket in overtime, coast to coast, just took it, blew by his defender, went in for the layup. Um, and we're seeing he had kind of the up and under over Hunter Dickinson in the Michigan game where – um, just starting to do more and more off the bounce. It's becoming more of a all-around score as opposed to just a, a guy you have to guard on the perimeter. And that's been huge for Nebraska. Again, the confidence he's playing with right now. Um, he, he's just been so much fun to watch. I've broken down just, just how efficient he is. He's actually he's a much better shooter, like catch-and-shoot guy, with a hand in his face than he is when he's wide open. And he doesn't have a ton of wide-open attempts, but he's shooting uh, – I, I haven't seen what it was after the last game, but he's shooting barely over 25% on his unguarded catch-and-shoot threes, according to Synergy. He was shooting um, what is 40-some percent uh, on, catch, on guarded ones, uh, close to 40%, and he's shooting over 40% from NBA range threes. Oh, so yeah. all the, the, the logo threes he's pulling up, he's one of the best shooters in the country at those right now. He definitely can hit those if they're well within his range. And then you have to guard him out there. That opens up all his ability to score inside the arc. So he's playing at such a high level right now. And it's, he's the biggest reason for why Nebraska's offense has improved recently, even if the defense has slipped. Well, and then you look at, you talked about it. He's so good off the dribble, shooting off the dribble, especially from that three-point range and the NBA three range. He's so good at just going off of a, a defender, getting the ball from, you know, either it's a Denim Dawson or Jamarcus Lawrence. He gets the ball, shoots it, and it could be contested. That's why he is such a good player because it doesn't really matter of who's in his face, of how small he is and who he's guarding because he's not the tallest guy on the court. That's, yeah. that, that's just a point that you can see on your TV or in person. He's not the tallest guy on the court, but he still can prove himself and make a point in any game. Oh, and Fred Hoiberg said, yeah, they got real complicated in the second half of that Wisconsin game. Uh, got some stops and said, just go set screens for Kese. <laughs> that was basically the entirety of their offense in the second half, just play off of that. Uh, and the other guys did a great job of taking advantage of the opportunities that uh, that presented for the whole team. And so I talk about some players now that I want I have in here young players that are stepping up but I want to go more broad in that because there has been a lot of players you know Nebraska's battling the injuries they're having players coming they're having transfers that came in one of them being Sam Greasel who has been a leader all year for this team and he is a player who I want to talk about now coming in all the way he was a Lincoln East uh, uh, graduate. He's from Lincoln. He went to one college, came back to Nebraska. Now he's being the the most dominant player, I would say, in my opinion. Not just he may not be the best shooter on the team, and we can see that. His also uh, his free throw percentage is not the greatest, but he's that team. He just brings Nebraska together. I think he does because he's so good down low. He has the size on him, but the one thing is he is a senior graduating this year. Will not come back, so he is a big loss to that team for next year. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, he's meant so much to this team on and off the court. The, the culture flip, you just listen to them talk about um, the work ethic, the, the community involvement, the, the um, desire to really represent the program well. It's all started with him um, coming back here, a kid who grew up a Nebraska fan, 
who had a great career at North Dakota State, turned himself into a guy capable of playing at that level. He wasn't that coming out of high school. He was a late bloomer in high school that really blew up junior into senior year. Um, got those Division One offers kind of late on there and then went to North Dakota State and started from there as a freshman, but wasn't a super productive player early on. He just got better and better. Junior year made a leap when they moved him to point guard. And then senior year last year, um, just best year of his career, the game slowed down for him. And now he's taken advantage of that COVID year to come back to Nebraska and has been a, such a huge part for this team. It's going to be so difficult to replace just all the little things he does. And I mean, it's been difficult for him at times, just based on kind of Nebraska's lack of spacing. Like his, his game hasn't been a perfect fit for the supporting cast, just based on what they're able to put together. But he's had some huge performances. And again, whether he's shooting the ball well, where he's scoring well uh, or not, um, he's going to give you everything he's got out there. He's guarantee you he's leading the the, the team in floor burns. Um, the amount of times that guy hits like the, the hip injury that knocked him out happened. He hit the ground like five, six, seven different times in that Illinois game. Um, so like that's how much he is giving to this program right now, and it's going to be really difficult to replace for sure. He is that one player who, you know, you look at Nebraska football and you talk about black shirts. I think he is one of the best players that represents of being a black shirt on that Nebraska basketball team. I think he is by far, he loves Nebraska. He loves everything about the black and red. He is full Nebraska. So that is why he is, he's one of my personal favorites on this team. Just watching him play and watching what he does outside of basketball. I think that's why he contributes so much to this program. That's what I was going to say. It's fun to watch on the court, but he's a fantastic human being off it as well like this is the guy the kind of guy that you want to root for in in nebraska uniform full stop through and through i mean he's having blood drive hosting uh, on friday um he's done numerous community involvement things um so he he's just he's just a really great kid um who has um managed to make his dream come true and is obviously would have liked to have more success than they've had but he said recently like it's been everything i could have imagined more so being back here and being a husker so now you look at other players that have uh stepped up for nebraska you talk about freshman jamarcus lawrence he has been a baller recently for nebraska and Ned denim dawson and then also sam hoiberg he's he's that sneaky athlete who has came in and really contributed to this team not not so much you know on the starting role so far he had that opportunity to be a starter in one game then he got pulled again he's he, i think he is the best bench player that nebraska has He's, he's been on a heck of a streak right now. Um, you mentioned uh, Lawrence first, freshman, who wasn't really much in the rotation early on, then started to see his minutes go up, then went down, and then once the injuries hit, they had no, pl- no choice but to play him, throw him into the fire. And he's not anywhere close to consistent yet. He hasn't put it all together, but you see the flashes. They're di- each game, he does something a little different. That Wisconsin game, didn't shoot the ball well from three, but he did a good job attacking the basket, scoring that way. Um, obviously the, the, um, the Northwestern game shot the ball really well. It went four of eight from three, um, other games he's, he's dished out assists without turning the ball over. He's, he's taken on that tough defensive assignment every game out. Um, so you're seeing just the various parts of his game where he's not putting together where he's scoring 10, dishing out five assists, um, playing lockdown defense every single game, but you're seeing the stretches of like, Oh, this, this kid has a chance to be a, a really nice piece for you long-term. Um, Hoiberg, yeah, that's been obviously KSA is the biggest story right now, but I think Sam Hoiberg doing what he's done has maybe been number two. Obviously, Sam Grayson, Derek Walker have been kind of the rocks for the team all season long, but what uh, what Hoiberg has done since uh, he's was inserted in the lineup and 
start at that Northwestern game after um, after losing Gary. Um, they they put him out there, gave him a shot, and went out there and right away made the most of his minutes. Scored six points, six rebounds. They were plus eleven in his minutes uh, on, on the court there. Um, they followed that up with Maryland, where first stretch he was the only guy could score. Scored eleven straight, I believe it was uh, for Nebraska in the first half when just nothing was flowing. Uh, then he got that start for defensive purposes against Illinois, the least amount he's played. Um, and then following that, Penn State, seven points, played 20 minutes. Uh, Michigan, five points, hit both his shots. Uh, 19 minutes, Wisconsin knocked down a three, a big three in the second half that either tied or gave him the lead, I can't remember, but um, he made a huge defensive play, m- multiple defensive plays in the last few games. Like, He's not a guy that's going to give you a ton of production like that. That 15 points against Maryland is kind of, kind of an outlier. But every game, he's making two, three plays that are really important to the, the outcome of the game and helping Nebraska win in his minutes on the court. And that's, I mean, more than you can ask of a, a redshirt freshman walk-on. Um, just getting this much out of him has been huge for Nebraska down the stretch considering the state of their roster. And also being Fred Hoiberg's son, you, you can't, being, if I was Sam Hoiberg, you can't really take that role lightly because you already come in with a chip on your shoulder. You're, you're a coach's son. You redshirt your first year. You come back. You, you get some minutes. You just have to make the most out of, out of those minutes, and that's exactly what he's doing right now. And I think he is honestly, like you said, he's the number two right behind Casey. And that story of he's coming up, he's showing who he really can be, and I'm excited to see what he does next year. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see kind of how this, once they get a fully healthy roster, um, what – what goes? What happens beyond this? But he's showing. He's stepping up and filling the moment, rising to the occasion. Like he himself even said, uh, his goal was to play like his third year in the program. Uh, so very much ahead of schedule at this point. Uh, and they're gonna. He's gonna continue to get chances to play down the stretch. And as long as he takes advantage of them, the minutes will keep coming. So. You look at Nebraska, just a few more games left in the regular season. You have five more games left in the regular season. What in, I'm asking you now this question that I'm, I'm asking on the top of your head. What improvements do you think Nebraska has to make for next year's team? They have, they've had a good team this year. This is Fred Horberg's by far his best season. You can look at just by the record of their season already. But what do they have to do to really bounce back from this year, losing all the injuries, losing the players, losing some really close games? You mentioned the, I, you see the Purdue game, uh, the very first Purdue game where they lost, uh, 62-65 on, I personally think, maybe not the best call. But you look at that, what does Nebraska have to do next year to really make that improvement to hopefully get get a March Madness berth? And that's kind of where things get complicated. Obviously, the talk is Hoiberg coming back or not um, after a rough first few years in the, uh, running the show. Uh, and I think the, the recent wins have kind of locked that up. I think Hoiberg has shown Trev Alberts everything that he wanted to see at this point. The question is, beyond that, though, how can you elevate the program beyond where it is now, where uh, a uh, below 500 season is uh, signs of significant progress. And it's going to be difficult because you're losing the, the guys that led this improvement. You're losing Sam uh, Greasel and Derek Walker. Um, those are the two best players on the team, the two most important players on the team. Obviously, Casey is inserting himself <laughs> into that mix with his recent play. And, um, but anytime you, you have to worry about, Somebody like that getting a nice, uh, nice bag from overseas thrown his way. You gotta hope he comes back for another year. Um, but that's they, they got to get better on offense. It's it's that simple. Uh, they found this this year. They found ways to be scrappy on defense to find a way to to keep themselves in games that year. 
Uh, but they have struggled mightily to score the ball, particularly in the Big Ten, outside of a few games here and there. Um, and it's really across the board. You kind of look at the breakdown outside of interior scoring, where a lot of that is Derek Walker uh, kind of carrying the heavy load there. They're, they're not really efficient in any area on offense. So the, the skill level, the talent level, that's they got to improve, and you got to replace the two players. So they're in order for Nebraska to take a step next year, Horbury's got to have a lot of success in the transfer portal at this point. Because we're starting to get you're starting to get excited about some of the guys that will be coming back that have a chance to, to be nice pieces for you moving forward. There's nobody that on the team that's going to be your number one or even your number two at this point. Even Casey, as well as he's been scoring recently, um, not necessarily an all-around player. He's more of an offensive uh, piece there um, and not a guy that is going to be able to carry the load offensively for you being a primary initiator. You're going to have to get ball handling, playmaking, um, more efficient scoring. Like that is the key. You got you got to see what you're going to do with the point guard spot. Obviously, Greasel isn't a traditional point guard. Um, you got to figure out what you have on hand, uh, what's out on the portal that you can land, see kind of how you feel about the front court losing Walker. You've got Keita, you've got Breidenbach, um, you got Ole Koyanet coming back. So you've got some, some options there, but none of those guys are close to Derek Walker. So it, it's just, it's tough to know. Um, they need to get more talent for next year. It's that, that's simple. You're starting to get excited about some of the guys coming back that maybe first half of the season, you're like, oh, there's not much here. Second half, okay, you're starting to see it with some of those guys, but they're all role players. So that's, take a step forward. You got to find a way to replace, even upgrade on guys like Walker and Grease. And I don't know if they can do that. At this point, they haven't shown to this um, point that they can recruit at that level, but they haven't had success yet. So maybe going out and showing the progress they've made this year, they have a little bit stronger recruiting pitch. And you talk about recruiting at the very end, and I think that is going to be the the biggest thing for Nebraska. If you want to find that good offense, you look in the portal, but you also look at the high school guys. And I'm going to I'm gonna stay here in Nebraska right now for Nebraska high school basketball, and you look at guys like who I think is my personal favorite right now is Jaden Jackson. And he is by far, I think, would be the biggest help to Nebraska. If he, if Nebraska can land Jaden Jackson, I feel like he could contribute really well as a freshman. And then, and then moving on into his year, but I think Fred Hoiberg really has to find those high school guys while also looking in the transfer portal, but you just got to find those high school guys that you can nitpick in and out and really what can they do to help you in what ways? Yeah, it, the, the challenge for Nebraska at this point is because they kind of missed the, the window for the, the high-level in-state talent right now you talk about jane jackson he's um 2024 class he was three four inches taller he'd be a no doubt high major player but he's lacking a little bit of the size that you would want from that position he's not really a point guard he's a six uh six one shooting guard so that's hard to translate to the big 10 level um nebraska and credit to nate lenzer who um since um kind of being empowered to be more of the recruiter he's uh, mid-season last year started doing more of his due diligence, trying to create those relationships, uh, scouting uh, the various kids in the state. Obviously, they, they got Kale Jacobson to walk on. Um, I think Lenzer had a big part in that. Um, and he's looked at, he, he likes Jane Jackson. He likes a lot of these other guys. It's just none of these guys are for sure um, high major kids at this point. So it's hard to, to rely on that. Um, and right now, They've got one commit for, for next class, and Eli Rice um, is doing prep year down at uh, IMG Academy. And so they've got, they got, they got a couple spots to, to, to fill, most likely. We'll see kind of what happens at the end of the year. But, um, yeah, I think it's at this point with the, the amount of young players on the roster, you've got Rice coming in as a freshman. 
I think it, their attention for this next year is going to be mostly on the portal because you need guys that come in can can play one to two years for you that are have already experienced Division One basketball and can help early on because you need to continue that upward trajectory. Um, but yeah, there are there's some young guys, a guy like Amari Bynum at Omaha. Brian is in the 2025 class that that they're, they're keeping an eye on that maybe does have those physical tools, uh, six seven six eight long arms and step out shoot a little bit as well as score inside. Um, so that's kind of that's a challenge now. There are a lot of really good players in Nebraska that maybe don't have. Um, high major physical traits, um, but th- there's some good players that all have a chance to, to play at the next level for sure, and Nebraska will keep an eye on them. And you talk about Amari Bynum. I, I saw him play just a few days ago for, they played Westside, yeah. and he was, man, he can shoot, and he can he can basically do every single thing, and then you just look at him. He's a 20-25. He's a sophomore, so you look at that, you look at the height already. He's got the height. He's 6'8", so he's a big kid. He can shoot the ball. He can drive inside, so I think that in, in the coming years, what Nebraska, what I personally think they need to do is they need to stay in the portal because that is that has taken over all of college athletics. You you look at the transfer portal and what it has done. It's not just done stuff for for uh, football. It's done stuff for basketball, for baseball, for every single sport. So I think that's one of the biggest things that Nebraska has to do. Like you already mentioned, they got to find the portal. They got to find those guys that can step in for one to two years, be those big men that they can, they have. And then you look down low, you find those early commits that you really find them, then you lock them in. And I feel like that's the the, the plan that Nebraska really should be going to. And then you've got. Uh, Ramel Lloyd Jr. hopefully coming off the red shirt hopefully he's putting in some good work um, can step in and be a, a piece next year they can rely on so you've got kind of the developmental uh, kid with some talent that um, can maybe step in next year play a supporting role and then grow into um, that kind of like three four year developmental piece that becomes a really good player for you so they got to kind of find that balance they got to keep getting guys like Lloyd um into the program to develop in addition to adding from the portal that can help you now. So it's, it's a roster balance that every coach is having to deal with. Uh, and it's just a little bit more challenging with Nebraska's lack of history and location, all that type of stuff. So um, up- upward uh, battle, but um, again, hopefully what they've put on tape this year will make it a little bit easier for them once they go out there selling opportunities to kids. So you look at the next five regular season games for Nebraska, you, they take on, Rutgers tonight travel out to New Jersey, play not the best team, but they are tough by far. There, there, it is very tough to win down in New Jersey. So you look at that game, Nebraska coming in, you battle the injuries, you play that game, coming off of a big-time win against Wisconsin. I want to touch on that Wisconsin game a little bit. Um, you talk about Chucky Hepburn, he's coming back. It, that game was packed. It was, I, it was, I don't think there might have been, there might have been, what, Five or five to ten seats that were open in that stadium or in that arena right there, and so I think that game, winning that big game against Wisconsin, was one of the best things that has happened to Nebraska in the last couple of weeks. And biggest comeback in a long time from down seventeen to win that thing. Um, that that does I think wonders for the team. It's it's tough to come off of that and go. Uh, Rutgers has, according to Ken Palmer, the eighth best home court advantage in the country. They just really do not lose at that building very much at all. Um, and it's, so it's going to be tough to, to kind of stack wins here. That I, I think Nebraska finds a way to beat Rutgers at their place. That would be uh, a massive upset. But you look at the, the stretch run of the season, um, you're getting three of those four at home um, with, with Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan State. You've already seen all three of those teams. You've beat Minnesota. That's a team that you have to win at this point. Uh, Minnesota is by far the worst team in the Big Ten. Um, but Maryland and Michigan State, they're better teams in Nebraska. They've already beat Nebraska on the road, but 
neither one of those teams is playing at uh, a super elite level right now. So they, they've got a chance to maybe uh, stack a couple more wins here down the stretch if they can play well. And then obviously they close out the, the season on the road at, at Iowa. Um, but yeah, chance to, to close out some close out the season strong here see if they can get another win or two to, to feel good heading into the postseason. Uh, I like, I honestly really like the chances for Nebraska doing okay in the Big Ten tournament. I'm not saying that um, I think they're going to be the, the best team because you look at the Big Ten and it, it, I personally think the Big Ten is one of the top conferences for basketball, for college basketball this time. I mean, you look at the Big 12, you look at the SEC, but the Big Ten has competition. Like You look at Indiana, you look at Purdue, and those are teams that are battling for the top five spots in the AP poll every single week. So Nebraska is going to have to do good, really good in the next five games. And then you go into postseason, you know, maybe scratch out a win or two in the Big Ten tournament. And then you, you look beyond that, maybe, maybe an NIT berth. Maybe, uh, I don't know if March Madness is even in the conversation anymore. I, I doubt it because you're going to have, you would have to win some of those games prior to Wisconsin. But you look at the NIT and where Nebraska could fall if they, they get a chance. I don't really know. Yeah. At this point, I think the injuries kind of derailed the chance at that, um, finishing below 500. I don't think that's in the cards, but, um, so I think the season is more about, building for the future, getting some good positive momentum heading into the offseason, seeing guys can, that are going to be back next year continuing to to build on their games and, and expand and gain confidence, and then hopefully sending out uh, your seniors uh, on a high note, giving them a few more good memories here to close out their careers. Um, Derek Walker's been in Lincoln as long as Fred Hoiberg has, with part of his first class, obviously redshirt that, that first year, is now um, using his COVID year, um, so... Uh, one of the, one of the oldest players in college basketball, uh, and he's uh, been great for this program. Really worked hard and developed his game. So celebrating guys like Walker and Greasel and them down the stretch, um, I think, is the other part of kind of this closing run to the season. More so than worrying about any kind of postseason or whatever. It's just go out there every game, see what happens, maybe play spoiler for some other teams, and then see where that leaves you at the end. Yeah, and so one last thing talk about. And we didn't really get to him on the player side, but I really want to because you just mentioned him, Derek Walker, who has been the brick, I feel like, for this entire Nebraska program. He, he, he puts the program together. He is that player who you can really count on every single night to really perform. It may not be his best performance, but you can guarantee that he will perform at such a level. Yeah, and obviously he's got to clean up some of the turnover issues. Um, struggled with that more recently as they've played, uh, ran the offense through him more, but he is a, a unique player. There aren't many players in the country that, that play the way he does that produce in the various ways that he does. Um, 13 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, almost four assists as a center. Um, you just don't see that. And I mean, there was, it was even that Wisconsin game. They're running out uh, Walker at the power forward alongside blaze Keita and actually having success with it. There's a point where they actually ran a pick and roll with, with Keita uh, setting a screen for Walker handling the ball, which uh, there aren't, you don't see that uh, often where uh, teams run this much offense through that center. And like, obviously a guy like Zach Eady, everything starts and goes through him, but Walker actually is legitimately as much the point guard of this team right now as Greasel is the amount of time that he handles. They'll bring the ball up the court. He'll handle it in the high post, uh, play d- distributor from up there. Uh, and then if their spacing is right, he'll go and attack the basket and just tough angles, really good touch, either hand. Um, he's developed into such a fun player to watch. 
Um, and he doesn't, doesn't shoot the ball. Obviously, he hit one three this year. Um, back to struggling from the free throw line this year after having a career year last season. Um, but he just finds a way to get it done um, game in and game out. Yeah, that is uh, going to wrap up our episode today, the very first episode of Around the Red, talking about Nebraska basketball and the the failures and successes that they have had this year. By far, a lot more successes this year than all the past years under Fred Hoiberg. But nonetheless, that'll do it for the very first episode of Around the Red. Our guest is Jacob Dilla, staff writer for Hale Varsity. And I'm your host, Max Coughlin. You can check out Around the Red anywhere you get your podcasts on Herd Out Sports. And you can check out every brand new episode every other Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in. A Herd Out Sports Network production. <laughs>